Hello, everybody. Welcome to the season four finale of Your Time Starts Now, a Taskmaster podcast. I am not Emerson. I am Joe. And I am not Joe. I am Emerson. And did you already say that this is the finale of series four? I wasn't really listening. Yes. Okay, then. Well, welcome to the series four finale of Taskmaster, covered on our podcast, your time starts now, a Taskmaster podcast. Who would have guessed? I imagine most of the people who are listening to this episode, unless they've uh, magically had a podcast foisted upon them. Uh, sorry to break in on you, but this is not actually a Time Starts Now Taskmaster podcast. This is the Joe Rogan podcast, and I'm Joe Rogan. If we if we did that, we'd have a lot more listeners. And at least it could be a math. I was I thought you were going to say this is a masked singer con, a con podcast. At which point I would be leaving. Oh no! The the, the it's starting again in this country on New Year's Day, and oh, I'm really no. excited. Uh, there's a I know you of- like the. I know you like the masked singer, but I cannot stand it. I just want to say, in the British version that's starting on New Year's Day, there is a costume of a puppet rabbit in, like, a Transformers uh, robot costume. Why? Creativity. Anyway, um, this is not actually a Time Starts Now, so Time Smart... I can't even get the name of our own podcast right. This is not your Time Starts Now, Taskmaster podcast. This is the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, and I am Joe Rogan. I believe it's technically the Joe Rogan experience, and also it's, from everything I've heard, neither of us is enough of a dude bro for us to be Joe Rogan. Have you have you eaten your horse dewormer yet? No. The Joe Rogan podcast has so many episodes that it's practically impossible to find the beginning. I mean, I also distinctly don't want to find the beginning. I, I'm gonna level Why with not? you. I don't because you think it'll I, because, be dog crap. Well, yes. Also, because I don't listen to podcasts that much. Like I make one. I I don't listen to them. I listen to like one podcast, other than this one, and that's about it. Okay. Um, do you do you listen to other podcasts besides the one you make? I do. I unfortunately listen to the official podcast. I listen to uh, one or two podcasts based around Harry Potter and Mars Singer, obviously. And um, I'm I'm listening to audiobooks as well. We should start sending anonymous threats to Ed Gamble's podcast. Challenge so, him to come of today, on the show. I, Speaking of audiobooks, today I finally finished uh, marathoning the Harry Potter audiobooks. Oh. Did you get... The only thing I know about the Harry Potter audiobooks, because I just read the books, I, I, I don't actually... I didn't even watch the movies, because the, uh, the early I would much rather CGI read... in them... Yeah. The, CGI the early 2000 CGI does not stand up, but... um. The one thing I know about the audiobooks is that apparently Stephen Fry, who did the first, who did the books as yeah. the narrator, was really unable to say the word pocketed it. Like yeah. Harry pocketed it. And he mentioned to J.K. Rowling, Do you mind if I change this word? Because it's an unabridged 
reading, so you can't change anything. And she said no. And he must have before that. She she continued to use the word just to spite him. She did, because apparently before he'd been asked to do the audiobook, he'd met her and had been like very slightly snide to her. In like because I think he just sort of thought the books were like it was gonna be like a passing fad or something. Mm-hmm. So this was like a this was like revenge. Boy was he wrong. Mm-hmm. I, it was like the early nineties. It's it's like you know no matter what anybody's Harry feelings Paul, about the about the well, books Harry Potter now, didn't exist till like ninety seven or something. Yeah. No, well, no, no, no. It's like this was like nineteen ninety eight when he accidentally offended her, and then he recorded the first audiobook in ninety nine. If that gives you an an idea oh, of okay. the time frame we're talking about, Harry Potter had a very brief period of not being that big. Like the first print run well, was a course. couple thousand books, and then it exploded before the second book had even been published. So there was a very brief time period in which it's like, yeah, this isn't going to be anything. Th- that's why, actually, if you have a first edition of the Philosopher's Stone, you don't in, call uh, it the Sorcerer's Stone because you're American. Uh, yeah, it's it's the philo- Harry Potter and the Philosopher. Is it the source shit? Which version it's the is the Sorcerer's American? Stone in America, which I it fully is, believe it is, is not the right title. It's it's the Philosopher's Stone in the UK. It's the Sorcerer's Stone in America. But the first edition, the first printing of the first edition was the Philosopher's Stone. There were like a couple thousand copies printed in the UK, UK only release, and they only really went to libraries. And so those are, like, astoundingly rare, as far as rare books go. Like Harry Potter merch sort of things. What does the first edition look like? Oh, it's got a really bad drawing of the Hogwarts Express on it, I think. Oh, um, I've, I've, I've seen the... I've, I think I actually had a... I don't think it was, like, the very first edition, but it was definitely one that had that picture of the Hogwarts Express on it. Yeah, no, there's a there's a first I'm just I just typed it in. It was pub um the published f- in the 97. First, yeah, this is the first edition first impression is there's a couple copies I'm seeing here of it going for anywhere between 5700 and 12,000 US dollars. I hell. don't I don't know if they'll get it, but it's it's you know, it's one of these very it's it's because it's a small print run, Fair more enough. or less. Also, on the topic of Harry Potter, they just announced the next Fantastic, Fantastic Beasts movie. Beast. I've lost interest which in is, Fantastic Beasts. Oh no, oh no, nobody cares about them anymore. Which is why this one is has like Fantastic Beasts in really small text, and then the the. The like the secrets of Dumbledore know, is what it's called. Fantastic Beast colon secrets of Dumbledore in enormous letters, and it's like you really don't give a shit about where that where that you know sub series was going, did you anymore? Yeah, I Which, mean, I think it's what what's obvious with like because I saw the first Fantastic Beasts. Which is just called Fantastic. So did I. To find them, I saw that in the cinemas. Um, 
it obviously the thing is like it's supposed to be a spin-off but it's so it doesn't really it doesn't feel like harry potter well no, well not it doesn't well, yeah, feel no, like harry potter but it doesn't feel like the wizarding world well yeah they're they, well they said it in america obviously but um the and it's uh, got the guy who voices sid and ice age in it who the guy who voices sid who and ice age no 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 i who was that was oh josh gad uh, th- that's right Josh, no, Gad Josh Gad, no, voice... Josh, no, Josh Gad play Josh Gad voices oh, Olaf. Olaf. Yeah, who was um, Sid in Ice Age? Sid in Ice Age, uh, John Leguizamo. Oh, John Leguizamo. Yeah, that that's his name. Yeah, Leguizamo. And... I think <laughs> Leguizamo. I think you need to apologize to John Leguizamo. That's right. I forgot Did, he was okay. in. Mr. John Leguizano, uh, famed American actor known for Jacob and Fantastic Beasts and Sid and also, Ice Age. Also, also notably as Luigi in 1993's Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> A recurring role in ER. Is that... Is that all right. And then, John Leguizano... John Leguizamo's main like rise to prominence came with a co-starring role in 1993's Super Mario Brothers alongside, alongside Bob Hoskins yeah. as as Mario. Did was I thinking right? Was he was he in Fantastic Beasts or am I completely wrong on that? I am going to check right now. I because if if it's not him, that gonna, makes it even more this embarrassing. This is going to be really funny if 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 he's not. Oh my I'm god! Looking, no. Oh my god! I don't think he was. Oh my god! If, he, if he's it's the wrong if person. he's not in this, this episode is going to be called "Fantastic Beast" starring John Leguizamo. Because I don't <laughs> think he's not in it. What have I done? What have I done? What have I done? He's not in this. He's not. He was in the Adventures of Puss in Boots. He was in Ice Age, all of the Ice Age movies. He was in the miniseries Waco. He was in Bojack Horseman. He was in The Mandalorian. He has not been in. Hold on. Let, let me oh see. That's all God. TV. That's all oh TV. He was God, in that's... John Wick. He was in John Wick. He was in. Let's do the yeah, thing that you no. said. No, oh I am searching. God, I'm on so his Wikipedia page. He, that's so he embarrassing. He was in the John Wick series, and you thought that he was in Fantastic Beast. This episode's title, this is a new record. We are like 10 minutes into this, and it's going to be called Fantastic Beast starring John Leguizamo. And I'm going to tell you this. You and I are going to spell that in the most incorrect ways we can possible, and it's going to be different on the podcast versus the YouTube video. Because uh, this is how, this how is the we... albatross around your neck now, Emerson. I mean, well, it's a stupid mistake. People will forget about fantastic beasts. Where to find them? Starring John Leguizamo. How we? How... <laughs> I can't believe that. It's so embarrassing. How are we spelling Leguizamo? Wrong. How do you think it's spelled? Let's let's start there. Um, here, here's how I would spell it. Um, if we're going really, really stupid, uh, I hope I'm L L L U G. Uh, the no. U has 
No, wait, let me finish. But the U has an umlaut on top of it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, uh, W-E-E, like we. Or should we do it with two I's, like the Nintendo's console? Oh, my God. And it's double Z. I like, hope that this is not Z. pronounced wrong. Hold on, hold on. Look, I have look, to look we... this up. Because I have a distinct feeling that I've been pronouncing it wrong, too. Oh my god, no, what have right. I done? It was right. What have I, mean, I done? I actually had the, what have I done? Have... What have I done? What have I done? So he spells his name, just for the record, L-E-G-U-I-Z-A-M-O. I know. And <laughs> so we got to spell it really wrong. <sighs> I, How about I, we spell I really... his surname? How about we spell his surname? T-A-S-K-M-A-S-T-E-R. Oh my god. Yes. Yes, all of those letters are silent, but yes. <laughs> so it's just John. The, the Fantastic Beast starring John. And the Fantastic Beast and where to find them starring John Taskmaster, but it's pronounced Luguizamo. That that Luguizamo. that title's too wordy. I know. I know. YouTube is a character. I don't I don't I don't know if I don't know. Oh god. I I'm genuinely I'm feeling embarrassment as who, such as I've never who felt did you th- Who did you think he was playing in Fantastic Beasts? Jacob. Now Jacob. I'm... Jacob, the muggle man. Jake. That was Josh Gad. That was... I swear, I'm, I don't think it was Josh Gad. Um, it, cer- it certainly was not John Leguizima. God damn it, now you're... Now I, you're I, know jo- I know Josh Gad, both in voice and in face. Uh... Then who was in... Dan Fogler. That's him. Oh, some guy I've never heard of. That would explain it. And what's, what's even? He was Zeng in Kung Fu Panda. Um, he was um, Gribble Gordon in the groundbreaking who? film Mars Needs Moms. Mars Needs Moms that killed the animation studio it was attached to. That movie did so bad. Look, oh, I just want to see how... He... This is how... Okay. Um, uh, guess uh, guess Mars Needs Moms' budget. It's hard for me to say because British people... This was, like a, this was like a $60 million animated movie that made nothing. No, no, it, it, no listen. It had a budget of $150 million, <laughs> Didn't even make forty. I know, I just opened up its Wikipedia page. It's like, that is like, you know, Disney had a couple of outrageous flops around this time. Because there was also that, like, John Carter what? of Mars movie that when made Ch- no was money. Chicken Little, was Chicken Little a flop? I don't think Chicken Little was. And I don't think it was a... No, it, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't Super I don't OC, think it but was it a was... Disney movie. Either. No, Chicken Little, Chicken Little, no, Chicken Little oh, was a Disney was. movie. It was, but uh, no. Okay, it was the so second Chicken highest, made... second highest grossing animated film of two thousand five. Uh, can you guess what the first Behind one was? Madagascar. I am also yeah. on Wikipedia. We we, uh, this isn't fun if I ask you questions and you've just got the answers in front of you. Okay, fine. Ask me a different question. Can we start the episode? Yes, yes, we can. I I'm not sure if we're keeping that title. I'm sorry. 
but okay, we can we can figure it out. But I, this is uh, I do not want to die. I do not want that on the internet. No, it'll it'll oh, be on the internet regardless. No, will, will it? We're recording this, but I can edit it. Or are you just going to keep referencing it so it's impossible for me to edit it? I will keep referencing this. I will buy you next year. Because now that you've you done buy, this... You're going to buy me. I'm not, my body's not if, for sale. If, if you take this out, your birthday present next year and your Christmas present next year will be John Leguizamo themed. John Leguizamo? <laughs> no, it was, it was John Leguizamo. John, I, okay, I looked should up just, how to Should we just call this, should we, should we just call this episode John Leguizamo? Yes, but we have I mean, to the butcher episode, the spelling so badly. I, I've, I've, I've butchered the spelling as is. Let me put it yeah. in the Discord. Let me put it in the oh, chat for goody. this. Oh, goody. This is going to be amazing. But yes, no, I, I don't, am, I don't want to, this thing's being a bit, no, I, I want to send it. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, there. Lu Guizamo. Oh, wow. Shall I, shall, I add, shall I add umlauts to every single vowel? Or some if sort you of can, accent? yes. Although now the problem is I looked up how to pronounce his last name because Google actually runs like has a pronunciation thing where you can ask it and it'll do it. But now with how many different ways we've said it, now I don't know how to pronounce it, and I'm also not sure which way is correct. So I've successfully played myself. So I'm going to just try my hardest and maybe just not say his name once we're beyond this. But let let it be known that if you do edit this out, I will buy you as much John Luguziamo merch <laughs> as I can find. Yeah, that 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 that's not his name anymore. He has to go to uh, have the name changed on his birth certificate. Anyway, the episode, and you are doing the prize talk. John Lasagna. That's his name, John Lasagna. But anyways, no, John Leguizamo. Yes, but um, anyways, uh, this is the. In case we haven't, in case you forgot, this is actually this a is podcast a about Taskmaster. This is season four, episode eight, the season finale for season four, and it Tony is titled Pies. Tony Three Pies. To start the episode, there is some banter between Alex and Greg, which we've discovered. The Tony really Three that Pies Alex, to my John Leguizamo. Yes, that we have or discovered that. Yes, Alex has discovered that he quite likes penicillin. So but that Greg calls Alex a oh dirty little God, chicken. I, that is such a spelling. Also, his name has is J O H N, which I all. I'm going to put that in the Discord chat so I don't forget it. No, That's can you put so it in the Zencaster instead so I can see it? No, 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 no. You typed into Zencaster. I just want to put it in Discord so I can find it later. Oh, um, so like the Zencaster chat goes away when we're done recording. Is he gonna? Is he gonna come after us for this? If he does, we can invite him on the podcast. John Leguizamo. Mm -hmm. We can we can do our promised terrible movie rewatch with and watch 1993's Super Mario Brothers and hmm. and and have a watch along with him. That'd be fun. So uh, uh so yeah, we've mentioned Alex quite likes penicillin. I don't remember anything else from the banter and we're going on to the uh 
to the uh, the prize task, which is bring in the most cash. That's it. Very simple. Uh, Hugh is up first, and he has brought in two million. Dramatic pause. Vietnamese dong. Dong. The dong. Mm-hmm. The dong, well renowned for its extremely funny name around the world, is a very highly inflated currency. That is uh, means that two million dong is worth around seventy two pounds twenty at time of recording. I actually, I actually, before we started recording, I went downstairs and grabbed my wallet because I have in my wallet two hundred thousand Vietnamese dong that I bought as a joke because it was like ten bucks. If that gives you anything, I actually no wait. I'm sorry. I have three hundred thousand. Oh, then because. You can just buy currencies and they'll be delivered to you with actually I have many foreign currencies in my uh in my wallet. I have Icelandic kroner, I have Australian dollars, I have Chil someone gave me a Chilean peso some Chilean pesos once. I have some Kuwaiti dinar that I bought for a friend and then I never gave it to them because I bought them something else. Let's see, this is I have Euros. I have Jamaican dollars, Bahamian dollars. Um, that's Canadian money, which is like, you know, Monopoly money. Da, 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 da. And <laughs> yeah, no, more Australian money. I actually went to Australia right when they were introducing the uh, the new polymer notes, which was really cool. So I have a bit of both there. And then, oh, yeah, here for all of you in Canada, I have Canadian tire money. Which is the most ridiculous currency I think I have in my wallet. Do you know what Canadian Tire money is? Not really. Is it vertical? No. Canadian Tire money is... So Canada doesn't do um, pennies. or any, or any So they don't do single cent coins. They haven't for like 20 years. And so when you pay in cash at Canadian Tires, a nationwide hardware store slash general store chain in Canada, and when you pay in cash and they will just round it up to the near, I think they just pay you like the difference up to the next denomination in Canadian Tire money. Okay. I I'm, I think there's bigger denominations too, but it's really funny because Canadian Tire money is printed on like the same sort of like cotton esque paper that like actual banknotes are. Oh, huh. okay. And it's just a Canada thing. I went to Toronto like three years ago, and I they gave me five cents. I'll put the I'll put a link to what it is in the. Uh, in our Discord chat, just because okay. it's it's re, it's minted by the Royal Canadian Mint okay. and the Canadian Banknote Company, which is just you know it's just. It's I appreciate like your a, tangent, but we need to talk about Joe. Yes, yes, Joe Lysett. Yes, he brought in two hundred and fifty pounds in pennies, as we just mentioned. Canada doesn't have pennies, but the UK does, which uh. He actually, he should have said he brought in 196 pounds, because that's how much this uh, this amount of pennies weighs. 
it was 89 kilograms, but I, I do think it's kind of funny that, uh, he, he got 196 pounds worth 250 pounds. Yep. Um, it's a, it's a tall cylinder of coins that he's brought in and it's, this is where it's clear that this is not going to be an objective thing, but a subjective thing as to like most money. Uh, then Noel brought in, Noel decided that he was going to make what he calls the note. And I don't know because I didn't like check around this, but does he spell it N-O-T-E or because he's named Noel, does he spell it N-O-E-T? I honestly um, wasn't paying attention to that. No, it's and it's not on the note anywhere because he painted it himself. It's got like caricatures of Greg and Alex on it. Uh, Alex has done fairly well. Greg has too much neck. Um, there's no real value that like you can put on art. Greg says as much, but there is like a 500 pound symbol written. Like it says 500 pounds on the note itself. So value and undeterminate. Then mm-hmm. and and but it's it's if you like that art style, it's very nice. And but I don't. So, so uh, that is not playing in Noel's favor for Taskmaster Joe. Um, anyway, onwards to Mel. She plays poker with other famous women TV show hosts, none of whom I wrote down because I figured you'd know what they were. Wrote, what, uh, sorry? Mel, Mel said she played poker with other famous women from TV. I'm afraid I didn't write this down, but yeah. But uh, she... She but, claims um, she won she a done. million quid. She, yeah, she claims... And, no, it was 250 pounds on top. Like, because she and brought in a briefcase full of... 987,000 pounds of Monopoly money. Yes, which is uh, 48 boards worth. The It's actually it's a really great presentation and about of like a suitcase of, full of money. And about 800... The 48 Monopoly board games cost about 800 and something pounds. So she could have just brought 815 that in. pounds and 12 pence. But what I'm more curious about is can you just buy Monopoly money on your own? Because I doubt that... Oh, you can. Yeah, you can just buy regular Monopoly money for like 12 dollars for like twelve dollars, that's a whole set's worth. So what's twelve times forty-eight? Uh, Five hundred and seventy-six. That's not cheaper. That's that's very. That's not as cheap as it should be. For when you buy forty-eight, how much is a game of Monopoly worth in England? How much? Um, are you googling this or am I? Because I don't, I don't live in England, so I can't. Uh, I just wanted the price, and now it's um, box standard Monopoly costs uh, thirteen pounds sixty from Argos. Oh wow! Okay, that's much cheaper than I thought. I guess you know, I don't. You have a, I have a copy of Monopoly. Everybody has a copy of Monopoly. I have like, actually, I have like thirty copies of Monopoly because 
I I buy I've bought a lot of the like uh you know I, it took me a very long time to realize that Monopoly is actually a British board game. It's not. The original no. the original Monopoly was based in London though. No, the original Monopoly was based on Atlantic City, New Jersey. That's sure? why there's board Yes, because that's why there's there's boardwalk, that's why there's park place. All of the streets in Monopoly were streets in Atlantic City. That's why they are am I gonna, what they am are. I, am I going to have to embarrass myself again? I mean, I I don't doubt that the original British version of Monopoly was based in London, but the original, the originating version of Monopoly was created out of. Was, oh yeah, I think you're right. Was created in nineteen thirty something. Thirty five. We're spending too and, long talking about Monopoly. And the, the original version of this game, in this format, was based on the streets of Atlantic City, New Jersey. So, but in um, immediately afterwards, it was began. It was licensed for sale in the uh, the United in, in the United Kingdom. So it's not like you're wrong. It's just that you're not quite correct. Fair enough. I've been wrong about too many things. Um, Emerson is wrong about things. That can be the title. No, no, I, I'm putting my foot down. That okay, that's fair. But um, anyways, uh, finally we go on to Lolly Adafope, who is uh, who is playing to fucking win. Lolly, uh, she shows up with a blank check, much like uh, was it Josh Whittacombe who did it in the? Uh, yeah, he did it once. In, yeah, Josh. Uh, Lolly did this. Lolly brought in a blank check that. Um, she said that she will just um, write Add to be one, one pence more than the uh, winning than the otherwise winning amount, which would be two hundred and fifty dollars and one pence, two hundred fifty pounds and one pence, depending on um, whether or <clears throat> yeah. not they wanted to value the monopoly money in anything, which they wouldn't. Or she had she just has a bank envelope filled with two thousand pounds in it, which is really. Which is really just such a baller move. I mean, I actually was thinking that's some. It's like I almost want. I almost wanted to call that a real. Um, uh, a real. You know. You're trying to think of the contestant who's most likely to do it. Yeah, I was. Al Murray. I was trying. I was trying. That's a. That's a real Al Murray thing to do, except that we do have like canonical episode evidence of Frank Skinner saying that he's he got, that he he's got about twelve thousand pounds on him. Yeah. That he's got twelve grand on him. So that's that might be a more of a Frank Skinner move than a mm. uh than a um an Al Murray move. It would be very interesting hit the uh the man who buys everything versus the ageless immortal and see who uh spends spends more money. Mm. Al Murray will just go to the Taskmaster house randomly on set for no reason nowadays. God bless him. Actually, Al I can't, and I can't believe that he doesn't have like uh, some sort of Tim Key esque role. And speaking of Tim Key, that's not the last. He's time in this episode, this. and it's I'm talking so about funny. the Taskies in. 
God damn it. But um I I do actually a bunch with you with the tasks I want to do than you the last few yeah. weeks. I asked you which ones you wanted to do and you said you didn't care. So we just did this we did it in this order. But um I do uh I do think that the um Al Al has shown up again in Taskmaster. Um for way in the future, uh listeners, we are going to at some point cover there was a couple of tasks done as advertisements for Google, um, just from Google Translate or like Google just in general, where they used smartphones to solve the tasks. And they had Desiree Birch, who was in um, season 12, 12. But, but they also had um, Al Murray come back for this. And Al was f- fucking delighted to be there. So... It makes so too much are, sense as to why Al Murray was the one who came. I think I think we will uh will cover those at a later date because there's only like two or three of them. So we yeah, can seriously they're, they're just all like do it as like adverts a, for a Google phone. Yeah, it's not a Google phone. I think it's just Google's mobile app suite, like the Google Search app as opposed to Google Chrome and Google Translate. We're 35 minutes in. I don't want this episode to be long. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, this is our Christmas special. This is our Christmas special. Yeah, and it's not um, even got a Christmassy title. It's too bad. I was going to say something really nice at the end because it's Christmas. Should, but, we, just um, have the, anyway. should, we, just have, should we have a picture of a thick Grinch as the episode's thumbnail? No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. So uh, we can. Should I put but, the um, picture, do, do, do you want to see them? Should I put the picture in the Discord chat? I I don't want to because you said it and the image was foisted upon my mind without my consent or desire to know about it. So no, no. We're gonna have a picture of John Leguizamo's face. That's what we're gonna have. John Leguizamo is not a real person. <laughs> we're gonna have. Okay, no, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the cover to the first Fantastic Beast movie and put John Leguizamo's face right in the middle of it. And that's, that's going to be the poster. That's too much work. I will do it. I will do it. It will take me five minutes. It's not going to look great, but it'll be funny as shit. Anyways, <laughs> scores. Lolly, Greg Davies five as Davies usual. Gave Hugh, Joe four. Yeah, he gave Lolly first. Joe one. Yeah, Hugh Hugh came last. Hugh seemed deeply confused. Drop the Taskmaster Joe theme so we can we can go through this this. Taskmaster Joe Talk. Right. Starting off from the bottom, I'm gonna disqualify Noel because the note is a piece of art. It is not cash. I was actually watching a video on this earlier today, and it's like, art is not a liquid asset. You cannot exchange it for money very easily. So I'm not. They made that comment in the uh, episode talking about this. I think. Yeah, I'm. I'm not counting that as as cash. That's not. That's not cash. Fair enough. Uh, Hugh, I'm putting in fourth because even if you uh, even if you um, uh, do the exchange value and everything, it's still seventy two pounds. Uh, Joe gets third, and and then I'm giving Mel second because 
theoretically, if you bundled all the Monopoly money together, it could probably have a residual value of like a pound. Just from like the fact that you could sell it to someone. Because, you know, normal, it's like I would never buy Monopoly money, but like a Monopoly money in a briefcase looking like that, I would pay like a couple of bucks for that just because I think it would be cool. Because Mel's was presented in a briefcase with the money on top and to make it look like it was a suitcase full of a million pounds. I would pay a little bit more for that. So I'm going to give. I'm going to give Mel second place because there's a little bit more value and a little bit more physical money, if that makes any sense. Vaguely. And, and, and then um, Lolly, I'm going to give first place to because it's pounds. It's the most money. Yep, makes sense. Uh, okay. Um, and now I... on to the exotic sandwich task. Yes, which I am taking. Um, okay, so uh, the first part of this task is make the most exotic sandwich. Um, I don't have a great deal of notes uh, about... Oh, I do. Uh, I didn't write down the ingredients of anyone. I did. I wrote uh, down... I, I wrote down from Mel's, if that helps. Um, what I did have is Joe and Noel both put the... Uh, like the concealment dish on their heads. Um, yes. Which reminded me of a very yeah. racist moment in an old Donald Duck cartoon. Yes, to uh, to, to sort of set the scene, it's in the main room of the Taskmaster house. There's a giant silver tray with a very elaborate cover on the top. You pull it off, there's the task underneath on its own little rotating serving platter. And then the hat, the uh, the the lid of the tray is big enough that multiple people wore it as a hat. And if you, uh, yep. And if you squint and engage your like racist goggles, it does look a bit like a stereotypically Chinese hat, but it also yeah. really doesn't. Um, Mel, um, but, um, do you want to say what Mel? Um, you can say what Mel's sandwich had in it, and then I'll say. So I. Mel went for a sweet sandwich. So, Double Decker, Snickers, Kit Kat, Turkish Delight, Marshmallows, Crunchy Bar, Twix, Terry's Chocolate Orange, Nutella, which had the logo covered by a card saying Nutella on it, M&M's, Chocolate Mini Eggs, White Bread, Icing Sugar, and a Blowtorch. As far as I am aware, I read everything on there. And then Alex Horn fucking said it afterwards. And he said it much better than I just did. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, but this episode, this brings out the um, one of the greatest catchphrases ever. The catchphrase that will top, um, "God damn it, fuck no," and anything that suggests disappointment and regret. Oh, gang! That is a killer tune worder. Because it is so mel. It's so mel. It's it's so good. Oh god. It's so it's it's I can it's, picture that I'm, being like do you know like the me the meme where it's like it shows the brain getting bigger? Yeah. Yeah. I can't I can't think of like Galaxy brain meme, yeah. I can't think of like what the ones leading up to it would be, but the very top one with the big galaxy brain would definitely be O Gang. 
I think it would go, and if someone wants to make this and send it to us, you can email it to ytsipod.com. I think, oh, this can be the cover thing. I think for the lowest one, for the normal brain, it would be, oh, fuck. Discord this. Discord this. I think it would be, oh, fuck. Then the, the next brain would be, would be, God fucking damn it. The next one would be, oh, fuck, I can't believe you've done this. Is that what that one video is? Yeah. And I then the last one is, oh, gang. Oh, fuck, I can't believe you've done this. And then the last, and then the galaxy brain is, oh, gang. Oh, God. You'll have to make that. I, I don't, I, uh. I will. We've, we've made, t- we've, we've got, t- what, what's going to happen to the Fantastic Beats John Leguizamo? There's this whole episode can just spawn memes within memes just to just to make fun of us. If you want to make any of the things that we have, um, if if you would ever like to make a meme for us, you are welcome to, and you can send it to us at. Our email address, ytsnpod at gmail.com. You can message one of us on Reddit if you found us through Reddit. You can message us on Instagram. You can message us on anything. You can leave a comment to an Imgur file on our YouTube channel if you want to. I would love to see your memes. But, yes, Mel, Mel has done so much. For this, for this sandwich, I also would just like to note that Mel said she wanted to blow the Taskmaster's tiny mind. Well, that's when very rude. She, of uh, the face that Greg's makes right after that. This is nine minutes twenty-seven seconds in the video. If you want to look it up, is the funniest face I've seen him make in a very long while. Uh, you'll you'll have to go look it up. Again? Nine minutes twenty-seven seconds. Okay, I'll I'll look at it. Mm. We're we're on track to have a longer episode than usual, which I don't want. Yay! Um, it's a Joe Christmas miracle. Bar humbug. Yes, uh, we should have had but, the sheep the sheep task for this one. I sort of bar humbug. <laughs> but no, and yeah, then uh, um, just Hugh just Joe to Lonnie. say what Mel did, Mel did Snort- just because I don't get a bonus. I don't for think an Eminem. Yeah, she she has to eat this diabetic pagoda that she made, and it's yep. everywhere. My favorite part of this is that she just toasted the um, the marshmallows that she put on the very top layer of this with the blowtorch, and then immediately picks it up with like both ha- with hands on either side of the sandwich, and immediately just slaps her palm down on top of the gooey marshmallows. Yeah. It's like it's it's hilarious because. This is a question I have about this entire task, and I'm just going to mention this here. Nobody thought they were going to eat it afterwards. Did no one think that? When I saw this task for the first time, my entire thought was going to be that I would have done this. And at the end of the first part of the task, because the task is presented. I'll try telling that to Noel Fielding. I, yeah, no, seriously. The task well, is presented in in, uh, in, in two segments, because it's first, make the most exotic sandwich, you have 10 minutes to plan it, and then after they make the sandwich, they're presented with a second part of the task that says, eat your exotic sandwich, M- most sandwich eaten wins, or fastest wins, 
So I would have gone out of the first part of the test going, can I eat this? And then, and I would have been, I would have been sold because I love sandwiches. I make great sandwiches. I love toasties. Anyway, uh, Hugh, Joe, and Lolly, uh, they're grouped together, so I don't really see a lot of what they they're do. doing. But... They do, yeah, you don't. They they do savory sandwiches. I'm, like, my... Except for Joe, who serves his with an Arctic roll, and Holly says, like, a what, Frankfurt what is sticking out. What is an Arctic roll? It's like, um, it's like a spongy kind of... Uh, ob- obviously, it's like a log shape, roll shaped, not like a Yule log kind of thing, but... Uh, so it's like a sponge uh, on the outside, and then all through the center is like ice cream. Oh, okay. So it's a dessert. Yeah. Well, what did you think it was uh, going to be? It was called Arctic Roll. Well, I I didn't know because we have those in the states. They're like Swiss rolls and stuff. But you know, most of my exposure to them has been I didn't know they had ice cream in them, and also that flavor combination with whatever the hell else Joe was making, because I definitely saw grapefruit being put on top of shrimp. So nothing about that seemed appealing whatsoever. Mm, so, so I'm not, amazing. I'm not entire that like, like just to see what I saw, I saw like grapefruit being put on top of shrimp, a hot dog sticking out of a disassembled pineapple. Hughes was actually, seeming to be at right yeah but, but he was still penalized because it looked like it came from MS. which i guess but he did he did eat the most of it although he didn't eat all of it which uh which i think is funny but um ju- they did none of them liked him except for hugh yeah hughes was like greg said pretty much just straight from MS. um and then we come to uh, Noel Fielding. And Noel... Um, oh, Joe named his sandwich Mother's Delight because he panicked when Alex asked him what it was called and yeah. just named it that? Yeah. Uh, back to Noel Fielding. Uh, Noel uh, understood the first bit of the task. And yeah. to me, there is nothing more exotic than a sexy stripper sandwich. If we didn't okay. have about three or four eggs in the title basket, that would be up there. Sexy stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say my entire notes for Noel's ingredients list is, oh no, period. Wholemeal bread, pita, baguette, rope, tape, dancing, dot, 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 and Alex. We- which yeah, is um, just great. What Noel does is he looks through like a the he looks like through the hole of a bagel, while Alex no, does it's it a hole well. carved through a piece of whole whole meal bread. Oh yeah, it another is. another I don't know why one is, is through the hole of a bagel because man, that is not what you should be questioning here. <laughs> that is not what you should be questioning. All right, then what should I be questioning? Why is he doing this? Because what he possible wants to win. That is, I that's not that's not the why that I'm 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 referring to. The why is why is this a thought that you have? 
I there don't know. Not... I'm tired. It's 11 o'clock. I know. I know. It's like, why on earth would no fielding be thinking of this? That is the question I had. Anyways, anyway, uh, let's continue. Uh, Noel... So, yeah, Alex does his sexy stripper dance. Um, Noel is given the second part of the task and he just breaks down in laughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then he has to try and eat the sandwich. What he manages to achieve is just biting one little bit of the bread off of Alex's head, uh, but also cutting a bit of Alex's beard off and eating with it. I think he says, "What does he say? The beard ta- does he say the beard tastes gingery or something?" He he enjoyed the taste of the beard, which is vile, but I did not recall why. I assume if because... Alex's beard had facial hair, it probably would be stem ginger. If Alex's beard had facial hair, no, is flavor. that the flavor? Ugh. Should we just, shall we just call this episode a big fucking title basket? Maybe, maybe, probably not. I or just John Leguizamo. We're going to get so far into this that by the end of this, there's just going to be the meme of the galaxy brain meme, but it's all our different ideas. And we just call the title. Oh, wait. What? I'll tell you this after recording, okay? Um, okay. But yeah, that's, that's something okay, to keep and, you on tenter hooks. Right. Anyways, um, the, the, the sandwiches are judged twice. First, there is the exoticness, and then there is the amount being eaten. The exotic, so, as you could say. So, Hugh is put in last, Mel fourth place, Lowy third place, Joe second, and Noel first, as far as the how exotic they are. And then, for the amount eaten, it's exactly inverse. Everybody gets six points, except Noel and Mel, who get seven. For the snorting and... No, for eating Alex's hair and snorting an M&M, respectively. Yes. And then I, as Taskmaster Joe, would swap Hugh... Would would put Hugh in second place for the exoticness part of the task because I feel like his sandwich deserves point for being edible. Deserves more points for being edible because... I would not think that a that whatever the hell it was Lolly made was exotic. I would think it was vile. Hughes yeah. is both exotic and edible, which I feel pushes him up one. Anyways, uh, uh, anyways, I, nothing I won't, else. I won't drop the though. jingle in for that one because the no, change no, 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 you made itself was not yeah. significant enough. Yeah. Now, uh, anyway, this is what this is yours to fully talk about. I know. I do have a question first. What sandwich would you have made if um, you had I been told prob- to make an exotic sandwich? This one's difficult because I feel like if you if you're just going on making the most exotic sandwich, nothing would probably gain more points than not doing what Noel Fielding did. Yeah, but you wouldn't know that if you had done it. Yeah, but it's it's like, all right. Um, Without the knowledge of Noel doing it, I would probably have just made one with a lot of plant-based meat and salad ingredients. Because it's not, it's like plant-based meat is very like, oh, and 
it's very I, I I hate to say this, but I cannot think of another way to put it. Plant based meat is very in right now. Ah. Yeah, no, what I would have done is I would have with, just with the knowledge the f- of Noel, I would have uh, done the thing he did with Alex, but I would have done it with the entire camera crew. That's very not that wouldn't have gotten aired. Let me just tell you that. But um I know I, mean, I uh, it could, wow, it could, that's that could have been shown I don't, in private. I don't, I don't I don't want to think about that image. Anyways, what I would have done is I would have just basically made like a version of the sandwich from the uh the Jackie Gleason movie Back to School, which is where he hollows out like a like a baguette or like a loaf of bread. <laughs> it's, it's it's like a throwback. Throwback. Well, it's not. He doesn't hollow it out. He cuts it in. He cuts it in half lengthwise. Did you deliberately then, say hollowing out a baguette in reference to the title? Not on per. Not on purpose. But he hollows out a loaf of bread and then just starts. And so he has as much room as possible to put stuff into it. And I would do stuff like that for um. But I would do it with like the finest ingredients I could. So like, you know, prime ri- slices of prime rib, caviar, you know, you know, wow. the really expensive kinds of ham. I know they make edible gold leaf. You know, you know, that sort of thing. It's just so it would be like, you know, this sandwich cost cost the production three thousand pounds. That that sort of exoticness. But uh, this this task I just want to point out took so fucking long. In in actual in the show, it was like we normally we're in like task two by like the twenty five minute mark, which is the halfway point in the show. The sh- task in in terms of our podcast, the show would have been over, and we've not even talked about the second task. No, but like this task went on for a long time. I just think that's. Very interesting to uh, to the point entire out. Um, anyways, second half of this episode was very fast paced. Yes. Um, anyways, uh, so we're on to task two, which uh, brings us we back to, to Chesham, Chesham United. United. Yeah, Chesham United, uh, notably the home of golf, uh, in which we have three objects and some other objects. Uh, the task is strike one of these objects further, the furthest distance with one of the other objects. You have three strikes with your chosen object. So we have a bunch of items lined up on golf tees, or not as much on um on golf tees because one of them is not. Uh, we've got a thing of Baby Bell cheese, or I'm not sure if Baby Bell's a brand name, but it's the round. It is. Wax. It is the brand name. It is the brand name. Okay. Other cheeses are available, but it's the uh, the wax round mini cheeses you can buy at the store. Yeah. Um, British people a rubber know duck, what I'm talking about. A rubber duck and a ping pong ball are all on golf tees, and then on the ground is a coconut. And this does answer a question I had earlier in this season, which is that in the kick the bag through the football up, through the football net task, Mel had a golf tee that she used to get the bag through the loop in the back of her I suggested that that must have, that tee must have come from this task. I, yeah, I'd forgotten this task happened. But yes, you are undoubtedly correct because Mel must have had one. But um, additionally, we have uh, 
the additionally for, as term, as far as objects go we have a golf bag which contains a pool noodle a giant pencil a pool cue and is covered with an umbrella now nobody used the golf bag or the umbrella as an implement but i feel like somebody should have uh but as it turns out actually everybody except lolly used the pool cue um starting out with we get joe and mel who who both use the pool cue mel goes for the ping pong ball while joe uses the coconut and he, he actually decimates puts, the coconut on his first hit he does he actually was like what happens if i destroy the coconut and he then he doesn't think about it any further additionally he puts the coconut on a tee because he had a cup of tea with him so he puts the <laughs> coconut on top of that to give it a bit more height i um, like that play on words oh yeah no that was that's a great bit of lateral thinking uh mel took two swings before she hit it on the third try joe i think hit it two of the three times but the coconut on the next couple on the next hit was just gone but he did manage to get like a chunk of the coconut 18 meters 45 centimeters mel got the ping pong ball eight meters and 12 centimeters that she did then then we did go it, wait did it give Lolly. joe's uh, did 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 they give joe's distance i didn't yes hear they did the show. yes they what did 18 meters 45 centimeters I'm, i must have missed that because i don't recall them saying it in the show Oh no! Yeah, they actually. It was, this is very nice. They they gave out all the things very clearly for once. But well, uh, I must I'm, I must not I must be deaf then. You were probably thinking about John Leguizamo. Um. Anyways, uh, he never leaves to, my mind. Nope. Anyways, onwards to uh, Olali, who has a very. You know, again, making callbacks to other episodes. This is the sort of attempt at this task that I would expect out of Roisin Kennedy from season one of just oh, utter, utter failure because she, she uses the giant pencil, which this giant pencil is significantly larger than a normal pencil. It's maybe the size of your uh, forearm and not, you know, a couple inches across, but uh, it's, it's not, you know, appropriate as a, hitting implements unless you're not that bright which and then lolly tried to use it as as sort of like a baseball or a t-ball hit where you throw it up where you throw the chosen object up in the air and then swing at it one-handed which does not go that well uh she uses the coconut which only makes it worse uh she misses all three times is the only one to not hit it uh got it and the the coconut fell to the ground and bounced a little bit and 25 centimeters away so uh well done yep. well done lolly channeling uh roshin here in an uncharacteristically bad attempt because normally lolly does very well uh, yeah, she is. I mean, she in does. The studio, she does she's the best. even not that proud of it. Yeah, Lolly. As we mentioned, Lolly is the most successful prize task contestant of all time. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she's not. No offense to Lolly, but she's not the best at everything else. Yeah. Um. Finally, we have a 
Q and Noel, who both have pool cue versus cheese. Uh, Hugh has a great golf form and just picks up the pool cue, lines it up, uh, misses on the first, and then gets two of the then gets the next two hits. Um, just rockets it away and does very well. Noel snaps his pool cue in half, which actually draws a bit some gasps from the studio audience. And then uh, he does a proper golf swing with the shortened club. Uh, interestingly enough, the return of motion graphics occurs because we see that the cheese is tracked in its trajectory. in its flight trajectory, like you would like you would. Yeah, and it's trajectory like you would see on golf channels. If you ever watch golf, they do it on in TV, they, golf as well, which is fun. yeah. But in uh, in golf in golf nowadays, they actually put a little tracker chip on the ball so they can do that live. And um, yeah. Noel does obviously. Noel's wasn't that you know they didn't put a tracker chip in the cheese, so they uh, they had to probably manually track that across the shot, which is amazing. They actually do it twice because uh, then they, they show from when Noel hit it. And then when they actually out measuring where it was, they showed the graphics again. And I think that's uh that's very, that's very cool. Uh, Alex thinks that this is the best thing Noel has ever done in his life. And, uh, and so Hugh gets 24 about- meters. Hugh, Hugh, Hugh's, was it Hugh? Was it Hugh or Noel that uh, Greg made the Tony Three Pies reference? I don't remember. Greg, I think it might. I think it must have been Noel because it came. It must have been Noel because he said something about um. uh, Well, no, Greg made Tony Three Pies joke in reference to himself in regards to something else that someone said. I don't remember. I thought you were going to have this written down, so I didn't. So um, maybe we'll have to go back and listen to it. If em- if you can be bothered, do you want to just drop in the correct soundbite here? Do I do it or do I not do it? Have you got a coin? Uh, I don't know. Let's see what happens but um here all right um we i'll I'll just say it anyway uh we suffered one of the biggest technical difficulties in a very long time um basically joe's entire computer shut off didn't it yeah fortunately i'm fucking amazing and uh managed to save the zencaster file because holy shit would that have not ended well um anyways we were talking about flipping a coin and uh, just because, why the hell not? Because I, the computer came off because I bumped the cord while I was flipping the coin. Let's see. Tails, you don't have to do shit. Anyways, continuing on. Um, Holy fuck, that, that almost was a disaster. It was. Uh, okay, the final VT task of the series. Do something surprising with this rubber duck. We've been going at this for so long and I'm so tired. I'm going to breeze through this one. Joe is not going to say a word. And we're going to be done and going on to the live task pretty much instantaneously. Uh, so Joe, he brings the rubber duck with him and he writes on the bottom that he's bought Greg a holiday in a timber yurt a thousand feet above sea level. Good. Lolly fills up some balloons with helium and flies the duck away in them. Good. But not great because Joe, Greg, thinks that it's ideal thing Lolly would do. Hugh uh, references that uh, 
ask Greg what noise ducks make. Mel makes an obscure, a weird quacking noise, which I'll probably play the soundbite of here. This, what noise do, uh, do ducks make? Quack, quack, quack. But instead he strapped one of those things to the bottom of the duck that makes it go moo, like a cow. So it's a mooing duck. Uh, Mel uh, does something with a curious box and the duck ends up in there. Somehow I have absolutely no idea how it, how she did this trick and I do not care. Noel marries the duck and Tim Key is the priest. Uh, the scores go Mel gets five, Noel four, Joe three, Hugh two, and Lolly one. Do you have any objections? I was going to do Taskmaster Joe. Okay, then go. Which? Taskmaster Joe. Lolly goes in last place because it's not that surprising. Hugh and Joe get joint fourth because, you know, they're they're not that much. Um, Mel and Noel get joint first because it was very surprising that Noel went through with that. Very surprising. Tim was involved. Mm. Mel gets first because Mel gets the other half of joint first because that poor delivery driver didn't know how she did it either. He cared very much. He looked like he had abs actual psychological damage from this, and I don't even know how any of that happened. Neither does he. Mel just grabbed this man off the street. It it went. It was very a lot. Very Mel. Do you have? I know I said you couldn't make any comments, but I've decided um, to retract that. You can say uh, any uh, brief comments that you like. Comments I've got. Mel's nuts. Uh, Alex says, "Prepare yourself under his breath when Hugh brings out his thing." Uh, you know. I don't know where the hell Joe booked this yurt, but you know I want to know if Greg went on that. Final note, as they open up the task, there's an interstitial clip of the house. The hands on the clock of the Taskmaster house spin around together and don't move to note that the hours are changing. They spin around just linked together somehow. I'm not sure how they manage that because clocks are not supposed to work like that, but it's a fun little visual thing to note. That is... Uh, that is it and we are on to the live task which is drawing uh the the task is draw the median duck the median duck alone wins you'll have 100 seconds there'll also be a bonus point for the best duck picture everyone uh, I, is on this i have one comment i have one comment. Yeah. uh this is the only time that i can argue i can say without any sort of argument whatsoever that mel gedroich has properly sworn in the series oh yeah no mel loses her shit here because so because, I'll, I'll put uh, in the sound. I'll, I will put in the soundbite for this because it is funny. I don't, know what, I don't know what fucking size everyone else is going to. Yeah, Mel. Mel actively loses her shit over the description of what a median duck is. Uh, just to just to point out, just to clarify this for the audience, the median duck. If you draw real, if everyone draws a really small duck, then the and then some people draw a really big duck. The duck in the middle is going to be the one. Uh, there's no real visual content going on here because everyone's just drawing on an easel and mm. the easels are pointed away from the camera. But, uh, um, but basically, if you're a bit thick, if you took... Um, uh, no, I, I was going to make a really, really immature kind of disgusting joke, but I'm not going to. Um, but, um, basically, if and, you took... Um, if you took my house and Joe's house and uh, Elon Musk's house, uh, the median house would be Elon Musk's, as my house would be biggest and Joe's would be smallest. Really? Really? We're going to make these jokes. 
after I saved this episode. We're I was going to say I was going to say I was going to say something else, and I wasn't say exactly what it was. I but it know been what you were going. I know <laughs> what you were going to say. I can t- I can tell context. Oh good! Oh oh, funny! You're really funny, Emerson. You're really funny. You know, I save this fucking episode, and I save all the John Leguizamo jokes, and this is how you repay me, anyways. Anyways, um, notes from the notes from the con from the uh, drawing stage. Alex makes totally nonsensical commentary about people's art. Doesn't really seem to do anything. Um, then they have the audi- They have the reveal of which duck is which. Um, interesting note: they have the audience call out which duck they'd like to see, like they're in a panto. Duck one, except- duck two, duck three. Yeah, except they do it in four. order, which is really the uh, the uh, which is really the it sort of Stupid. kills the joke because yeah. they should have had like duck one, duck five. It's like because obviously uh, the panto audience be like, oh no, it isn't, but. Uh, um, Hugh, Hugh's duck is red and green and doesn't look like a duck. Also, it looks Hugh like a actually, mallard in a way. Yeah, Hugh actually says as he turns around, remember that ducks aren't really yellow, which I think they is... They don't always look like ducks. Yes, uh, Joe has drawn the words... No, the he's, median, no he has written it. He... he, he if you want to play that soundbite, it's really funny, but I'm not going to make you because the last time we I asked you to do that, we almost killed the the episode. This but, this, uh, this one's funny though. I'm okay with this one. Yeah. You asked to see the median duck, mm-hmm. so I did the median duck. Yeah. That says, and I have drawn the median duck. Or have you written it? <laughs> I have drawn it. <laughs> Task, and I have written, drawn. <laughs> or he's have also you drawn a re- He's also drawn a really, really tiny duck below it. Uh, then below, then after that, Lolly has drawn a cute-looking duck and also a really nice message about how she liked being on Taskmaster. Oh. And then uh, Mel has drawn a duck that is green and is a comedian duck. Because everyone else on the stage is a comedian except her. She's on Bake Off. And no, she, she's, she's technically a comedian. Oh, I guess. I, oh, actually, she would be a comedian, which is spelled Oh, don't overcomplicate it. Don't overcomplicate it, please. And then, uh, and then Noel's duck is farting and slightly bigger than Mel's, which means that Mel's duck is the median duck, but Noel's is the best drawing because Noel's like a semi-professional artist, and so he gets the bonus point. Mel wins the episode by a single point and gets the money. She makes it rain Monopoly money, the notes of which still litter the floor when they come back to announce the uh, winner of the season, who is Noel Fielding. Noel Fielding has won the entire has won the entire season. Oh, good, we're doing that to our audience again, um, and. Uh, yeah, that is that is season four of Taskmaster. That is, uh, I don't know when it aired, but we're recording this just before Christmas, twenty twenty one. So, uh, will it go up? Yeah, I actually, 
Um, uh, yeah, no, it, it should go out the Thursday before or the Friday before if we're uh, mm. keeping to our usual schedule. Um, <clears throat> I want to. I'd actually like to do something we've not done so far. I would like to end on a joke. Okay. Well, I was going to say a, a couple like words to the audience because Greg's done this a couple of times where he okay, like, but I want to end on inspired. a joke. Oh yeah, no, sure. I just wanted to say, like, I just want to wish our our listening audience, all twelve of you, a very merry Christmas, a very safe twenty twenty. Happy holidays! If you celebrate Hanukkah, happy, um, happy if New you, Year, happy happy if you any other Kwanzaa, holidays you might. If you celebrate Kwanzaa, uh, uh, have a happy Kwanzaa, and everyone have a happy New Year. Um, yeah, hope have we a safe will and return. Happy. We will return. And this is the first time that Joe here is hearing this on January the twenty seventh. Okay, is that the joke, or are we just? Uh... Oh no, th this this is like a proper joke with a build up and punchline that I want to hear. Why are you doing so... this to me, Emerson? <laughs> because I want I want to end on a laugh. We it's been a rough episode. Okay. It has it's been, been a rough, rough episode. It's been a rough series. Um, we were of we were originally meant we're recording this episode on the twenty first. Our plan was to record it yesterday, um, but Joe's Browns game. Br the Browns game, which I'm just going to point out, that game was bullshit, and we lost, and it was a nail-biter, and it was awful because the entire start starting team got COVID, and they weren't allowed to play. They pushed the game back from Saturday mm. to Monday. They still were out. We had some third stringer that everyone had to fucking Google who he was the day before. He played his heart out. They almost won, and it was a last-second field goal because fuck the Las Vegas Raiders and fuck everyone who likes them. them. Anyways, right, anyways right. I'm just we'll going to wish everyone else a very happy new year. What's your joke? I love okay. everyone in this audience. All right. You are not ready for this joke, okay? Okay, so, I'm... you ready? What? Okay, so a man walks into a bar, and on the bar counter, he spies a jar of one-pound coins. The bartender tells the man that there is a horse in the garden, and the first person to make the horse laugh gets to take the jar of one-pound coins home. So the man goes outside, and a few minutes later, he takes the jar and leaves. The bartender goes outside to the garden to find the horse, rolling on the floor, laughing like a horse would. Uh, so the next night, the same man returns to the same bar, and this time there's a jar of two-pound coins on the bar top. The same bartender tells the man that the same horse is in the garden, and the first person to make the horse cry tears of sadness gets to take home the jar of two-pound coins. So the man goes outside, and a few minutes later he comes and takes the two-pound coin jar, and is just about to leave when the bartender asks him to wait, and they both go outside to find the horse bawling his eyes out, looking completely and utterly in despair. So the bartender wants to know how the man was able to make the horse laugh one night and then cry the next. And the man said, oh, it was easy. Last night I simply told the horse that my knob was bigger than his and tonight I showed him. Okay, that's great. I also just, can I end you're on gonna, a joke now? Not, yes, you can. Yes, you can. Man walks into a bar. Now, <laughs> the end. Bye. Bye. Bye.